I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Doggins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Driving, push off, extend the right arm. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? That was one of the ugliest wins I've seen in a long time. I'm not going to lie. This was equivalent to, have you ever been in that spot to where you get home from work? and No, not anymore. <laughs> no, okay, listen. <laughs> Listeners out here, you'll get it. You get home from work and you think you have like more groceries than you normally do, and you don't want to spend the money on like DoorDash or whatever it is. That's not a sponsor. And you're like, all right, I'll just piece together crap in my cabinet for dinner. And you like fix, you get like the crackers out, and then it's like three or four random things. Yeah, you just don't make peanut any butter sense. cracker sandwiches with like carrots, and you're like, what? What am I doing? <laughs> Yes, and so and then like thirty minutes later, you're watching some. You finish your dinner, and it's just random crap. And you're like, "Hey, I'm kind of full. Like that actually worked. It was yeah, okay, cool. That's kind of how I feel after this game because there was just so much crap that happened in this game. I'm like, this. I can't imagine being a Magic fan right now, having to watch that team every single game. Actually, I could imagine because we, well, been there, been there, Magic <laughs> fans, been but, there. <laughs> I mean, they were even playing our team that we cover and it, uh, our team's a fun team. And I was still, I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't get a ton of enjoyment of watching this game. It was just, it was an ugly, ugly game. It was. So obviously on this podcast, we're going to break down the Mavericks 107 to 106 win over the Orlando magic. So many things to discuss from this game. We got the first so- spot, first sighting, first spotting is what I almost just said. The first sighting of JJ Barea in this game who provided an extra boost off the bench. We'll talk about that. It was seats for Soldier's Night. Yes. There's so many things going into this game. But before the game, uh, <laughs> I tweeted this out. Well, let's see if this is still true. I said, so let me get this straight. Dallas is at home. Orlando is on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. Dallas is on two days of rest. Orlando has the absolute worst offense in the NBA. Dallas has the best offense. And the Mavericks are like 12-3 and three on seats for Soldier's Night. So this is either a major trap game or a big Mavs win. So this turned into a trap game, right? Yeah, it did. <clears throat> From the very beginning, I mean, it everything was just off. It was just... Uh, okay, well, first off, I mean... Literally one of the best nights of the whole year in American Airlines Center. Seat for Soldiers Night. More than 100 uh, wounded veterans that wounded service members that um, season ticket holders give up their seat, uh, their front row seat. So they kind of surround the whole court. Uh, It's just an amazing night honoring uh, veterans, honoring service members. Um, so we we've been very open on this podcast so many different times over the past three years. Thank you so much. We can't say this enough yeah. for people who are listening. You're active right now or you have served. Thank you so much for what you have given this country for all of us. We can't overstate that enough. So anyway, shout out that, to wh- everybody that's listening right now. If you're overseas or if you're, you know, stationed or deployed somewhere, shout out to all of you guys. And 
we hope that this podcast brings you, you know, whatever you need it to some enjoyment, entertainment over there, wherever you are, and hope you get back to your family soon. It is, and, and you know, it is a, a different type of energy in the arena on this night. Uh, every year it's just a whole different vibe and uh, honestly the team feeds off that they talk about it every year there's a lot of there's a lot of nights like this around the nba that people just say oh it's just a different energy you know when somebody comes back for the first time you know like when derozan comes back and plays the raptors for the first time you know things like that and sometimes you can just brush those off and be like "Ah, is it really is it really a different feel in the arena or is it just you know like Lance Stevenson comes back and plays the Pacers. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's that you get a tribute video and it doesn't feel like it's warranted. This is one is actually there is a real different feeling in the building for some reason. Um, it is, and it, it it actually is. Having been it, there a couple times, and you know, now this is what three times we've covered this for um, this podcast. Yeah, this is it's definitely a different feeling for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, that energy didn't translate at the beginning for the Mavericks because. <laughs> Uh, it was just that first quarter. They the, were in a funk. The thing is, it may have translated into nerves, though. It could have. Yeah, it could have. Because you go out and you play against this team, and they are a really good defensive team. There's just arms everywhere. I mean, there's no passing lanes. They just they look – I think Tyler Adams said this on Twitter. They play the passing lanes better than any team in the NBA, and I think that he might be right that this Magic team, they just they, – they have a way to just clog the lane in a way, and their, their guys are so fast. Gordon and Isaac are so fast on the wings that they mm-hmm. can clog the lane, have their arms straight out, and it makes it look like there's no passing lanes. And then they can also just close out to a three-point shooter to make him not have an open shot in an instant. Like, they can just go back so quick. Fultz can do the same thing. And, you know, Fournier is also pretty quick. Then you only really just have Vooch out there that can't really, you know, close out that quick. And so now you have four guys out there that are just running around, arms straight out, huge wingspans everywhere that are just closing out everywhere. And it doesn't look like anything is open at any point. And so you, no, have, and th- you have some of this excitement, and it just turned into a ton of turnovers in the first quarter. It did, and they just wanted it more. Like, you could just tell that they were just – they just wanted it. And they had the energy. They had – Orlando was playing on the second night of a back-to-back. You know, Dallas wasn't. And it looked like they were flipped. <laughs> and, you know, Orlando started off just – on fire just not on fire shooting but on fire energy wise and you could tell at the second chance points they had 38 points in the paint at the half 38 out of their 54 points uh was in the paint at the halftime they they had one three-pointer in the first half and i'm like if they go down there was at one point they had one three with like four minutes to go in the second quarter and i'm like is dallas literally going to go into go into the half down by double digits and only give up one three-pointer because I don't even know what to think about that. It's honest. I mean, same as the Lakers game. Lakers only had one three in that game, and that's true. They ended up uh, they were up at halftime as well. the The Magic were two and five going into this game. They they needed this game more than the Mavericks did. And this is now now that the Mavericks what are they? They're five and two. I mean, come on, let's go five and two right now. The, the Mavericks' sense of urgency for games that they need is going to be different than a lot of these other teams. We're getting to the point now where teams are separating themselves. All of a sudden, you know, the, the Sacramento Kings are 2 and 6. The Mavericks are 5 and 2. The difference between those two is just massive. I mean, what is it? 3 games, 3 and a half games, something like that. That's already a big difference between those two teams and, and break, making that ground up is going to be so hard in the Western Conference. And for the Magic, they were, you know, 2 and 5. If they go down to 2 and 6, they're the second worst team in the Eastern Conference. 
Yeah. I mean, they, they need this, and they have that sense of urgency going into this game, whereas the Mavericks come in, and now they're starting to expect to win some of these games. And I think that's going to be very different for a young team. It's going to be interesting for Carlisle. And I think I think he kind of played it right in this game, playing a bunch of different guys, throwing out, saying, all right, who is going to want this? Who is going to go out there and give us something that boosts that extra oomph, you know, that, that X factor we need in this game? It turned out to be J.J. Barea, a little bit of Justin Jackson. Tim Hardaway Jr. was good in this game. There's so many different things we'll get to. So let's continue on this game. But before we do... Isaac, Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade. Upgrade that style. You want to be looking good, especially you of those, you people out there that are single right now. We feel you. We understand you. Upgrade your style. $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code Locked On. So coming up, we have to talk about Dwight Powell. <laughs> and there's so many more things we have to talk about coming up. All right, Isaac. So, the beginning of the game, there's so many turnovers. The Mavericks just were not shooting great. And Aaron Gordon was just ripping the Mavericks to shreds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he had, what, 21 points in the first half? I could, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, Yeah, he was just getting, I. By the way, he finished with 23 points, so. Yeah, rough second half for Aaron Gordon. Rough end of the game for Aaron Gordon. Um, I just. How I feel about Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac are completely different. I think I just I love Jonathan Isaac more than Aaron Gordon, and they are. I think Orlando hopes that they're the wing version of what Portland's doing with Damon CJ, to where it's like, oh, can it work? Can it fit? And those players are actually like really, really good, like All Star level good. And these guys are like really similar positions. I just don't think they'll fit. And I could be wrong, but I, I don't think they'll ever work well together. Am I, I wrong? I think they can work well together. I think they're a scoring point guard away from being a really, really good team. Because th- these are the yeah. two guys that you would want on – I mean, we're going to talk about it. Jonathan Isaac played Kristaps Porzingis better than maybe anybody in the NBA we've seen so far. The he way really that he did. defended him. And he can defend him, and he can defend Luka. He can defend J.J. Barea. Like He can just defend all these different types of players. Aaron Gordon can do the same. They, you can switch those guys everywhere. If there are three balls going down, those are two guys that could really help you win some games and could be really, really big for you know a team that goes into the playoffs. They took a game from the Raptors, the, the first game of that, that series that last season. They took a game from them in the first round, the very first game, and it caused you know Kyle Lowry. He, I don't think he scored a point. I think I did a video on him breaking down how he didn't score a point in the game. I, I, had a little- I, I think they could work eventually. They just need a really, really good – like they are a Dame or CJ away from being a really really awesome team. Yeah, but I feel like you gotta trade one of them to get one of those guys. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean they've made a ton of you know mistakes <laughs> adding players and personnel wise that they're at this point right now. I had a small like camping tent on Jonathan Isaac Island. If they had Victor Oladipo still, no, no, no then we'd be talking. <laughs> um, also, my dream of Jonathan Isaac playing on the Mavericks with Devin Harris. So therefore, I could have my name, my full name. <laughs> um, it looks like it's shattered. Would you get that. both jerseys? I just want a picture. Somebody, okay. Here's here's the thing. I need somebody to Photoshop me a picture of Jonathan Isaac and Devin Harris standing next to each other with the back of their jerseys to where it says my name. That's all I want. <laughs> I've wanted this for so long. That's all I want. But would you make um, it your Twitter like banner? Actually, I might. I have my son right now, but that might be more. Important than my son. 
<laughs> he won't know that. Anyway. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till he's older and tell him. <laughs> I had a small camping tent on Jonathan Isaac be Island. Like, what's Twitter? I just want to upgrade my property. That's all I want. I I thought he this played not, an incredible game. This is not a great night for you to do that because I feel like property values have gone way up. So It is. It's skyrocketing right now. But yeah, you said it right. I think he played Porzingis uh, better than anybody. We've seen him play this season. I know it's a short season so far, but he just, he had, I mean, his hand on every ball that was going to Porzingis. Felt like he was stripping him. Um, the Porzingis. <laughs> you can't say he had a hand on every ball and he was stripping him. He can't say those two consecutively. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's good now. So, <laughs> recover from that one, Isaac. The, the Porzingis <laughs> conversation and w- that we had yesterday, um, I think this game uh, further extends that conversation. Uh, it's very clear that something just ain't fully right there in the system for Porzingis. And I don't want us to go on the whole spill again, but yeah, you can go listen to Kirk's podcast. If you want a whole <laughs> podcast about how they're using Porzingis, apparently he's, he's had it he, on Twitter. All night, he was talking about how they're using Porzingis and all those things. Also, we talked, I think all the things we talked about yesterday about Luca and Porzingis and how they're using Porzingis still apply. Yeah. Today. I don't think yeah. anything changed. And the only thing I'll say with this now is, I mean, they're five and two, and they haven't figured out the Porzingis thing in the system. Hey. So that's uh, that's something really scary. That's to, the mark of a good at. team. And yeah. Harp said a smart thing today. Was he talking about Deshaun Jackson? <laughs> yeah, Harp called Deshaun Stevenson Deshaun Jackson. Uh, but Harp said a smart thing. Good teams have to win games in multiple different ways. They have to mm-hmm. win different kinds yep. of games. And we've seen the Mavericks do this now. This was an ugly, ugly win. We've seen the Denver game where this game really felt like a Denver game at first, um, but then Luka came back and really pulled them through. And they've won different kinds of games like that. They've won games where Luka was going off. They've won games where Porzingis was playing you know, pretty well uh, against Cleveland. They've done things like that. But now they've won an ugly type game where they kind of had no – like Isaac said, they had no business you know, winning this game or being in this game up until the very end. And it, it, I think that that's encouraging for this team. Can we talk about the MVP? J.J. freaking Barea. This is the exact type of game that we've been talking about all summer. The game that, you know, even when when J.J. Barea didn't play the first couple of games, we said they're going to save him for one of these type of games where he just needs to come out, right the ship, get them on a path where they just actually get some offense flowing and doing some things. Uh, I didn't think that they would save him. I yeah, thought that agreed. this would be his role of when the team when when they're in a funk offensively but I would I still I'm still surprised I mean I, I said it the other day when we were talking about biggest surprises one of my biggest surprises is the fact that JJ hasn't played all season long so that's that surprised me I thought he would have a steady ro- like minutes in the rotation but like his main role would be hey when the offense isn't flowing you know you can put JJ in there and when Rick threw him in there I felt like a lot of us had the same reaction perfect debut game like there's you it's just the perfect type of game to throw him in there because everything was off like Luca wasn't like wasn't on KP wasn't on the flow of everything you put JJ Barea in there and it's crazy how just the simplicity of JJ Barea running a pick and roll with Dwight Powell and then yeah he hits three threes in a row the place was just rocking what JJ Barea that's that spark that he brought 
it was just, I love those moments and I love it for JJ Beret. We can't praise him enough. Yeah, came in, did exactly what you wanted. And I like that Carlisle didn't overuse him either. He played just under 16 minutes. He, you know, he played a lot of the second quarter. And then he, I think he played, he started the third quarter as well. So he came in there and had them kind of start the right way in the third quarter. And then he took him out and he didn't really play the rest of the game. He may have played in the fourth quarter. I don't think he did now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, he didn't, he didn't overplay him either or overuse him. Man, there's so much in this game, but the way that he didn't use Brunson and the way that he used Seth, started Seth and gave him the Courtney Lee treatment and then brought him back at the very end and made him shoot free throws after sitting for two hours like on the bench. I don't know. I'm 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 confused about that. I guess that the- guard rotation of those three is something that. I thought was going to be a bigger question going into the season. Then obviously he just solved it and said, well, all right, screw it. JJ's just not going to play. And then it's like, all right, well, you have Seth and, and, and Jalen, even kind of DeLon in a sense, but yeah, then Jalen played 12 minutes. Yeah. And then JJ started playing and you're like, all right, well, who's going to play, you know, who's going to come back. And it goes back to that same conversation we had before the season started. Not everyone can play. So there's going to be players that are going to get DMPCDs or are only going to play a few minutes, and it's going to seem like really shocking to us. And tonight, since J.J. Barea had a really good game and was a huge factor of them winning this game, it resulted in Seth Curry playing six minutes and Jalen Brunson playing six minutes, which is crazy. But, I don't, yeah, it's like there's one time my brand is like, that's crazy. Another side, I understand riding the hot hand. Because even Tim Hardaway, I mean, you look at Tim Hardaway and Justin Jackson, they played solid, decent games. Justin Jackson had a great like spark there in that first quarter. I think it's the first quarter, maybe second, early second quarter. Um, but he came in, gave him a, a, a few big buckets when everything was looking kind of dull. But there's only so many minutes to go around. It just feels weird seeing Seth and Brunson combining for 12 minutes. And the Mavericks are now fully healthy. We got Maxi back in this game. He missed last game. Now he's he's back fully healthy. The Mavericks are... I thought he looked good, too. He was good, too, but my point is that everyone is there, and everyone is available. And so now the Mavericks have this great problem of having too many guys. Um, you know, and that that's some of that is depth. Carlisle gets to throw guys out there and say, hey, Jalen Brunson, you don't look like you have it tonight, and so he's not going to play him. J.J. Brea does have it. Justin Jackson seemed to have it. Tim Hardaway Jr., I thought, played a good game as well. Um, and so he can, you know, ride those guys a little bit longer than some of the other guys. And you have to think that some of these guys signed up for this, right? Like they know what they got themselves into. Yeah. Let's talk about Dwight Powell though, before we, we move on to something else. Dwight Powell, 12 points, eight boards. Uh, he didn't have a rebound in the whole first half. I don't think, I think he got all those in the second half, two assists, one steal, and then I, I think he got just absolutely destroyed in the paint by Vooch. Every single time Vooch decided to, you know, take him in the post, he could score on him. It seemed like pretty much every time. I tweeted this, and it was kind of a joke, also kind of real. How many centers, how many big men now can Dwight not guard? Because it just seems like every single game, we're at Mason Plumley, Anthony Davis, Kevin Love, add Vooch to the list. I mean, when when are we gonna change this up? Like, what is? This? I feel like I when feel like he has a better change? shot against Mason Plumley. No, Mason Plumley was other. giving it to Dwight Powell. <laughs> you didn't watch. You didn't watch all of that game. What what game was that? You were out doing something. You were like driving around. No, 
That was the Denver game. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot what it was. It was something with work. But he was taking it to him. I can pull up plays for you if you if you'd like me to. <laughs> I need to watch Mason Plumley. It looked exactly the same plays. as Vucci. Back him down in the post, turn around, do a little layup around him or a hook over the top of him, and it's just it's the same story every single time with these guys. Yeah. And, and the the thing that Nick and I have brought up and we were talking before we did this podcast, because <laughs> we were talking about the Dwight stuff, obviously, and we were texting about it during the game of like Porzingis is supposed to play the defense, you know, the five on defense and guard some of these big guys. Or at least that's what we thought. And now Dwight is getting, you know, a lot of those minutes there playing against Vooch. And if he's playing against Vooch, who is the uh, the athletic four that they had him guarding the other night? That Kevin Love. Okay, Kevin Love. Well, it, not if you want to say athletic, not but athletic, at least a, but a still floor the spacer. four that was given it to him. Yeah, and they're like, all right, these are opposite type of players and. So then you ask yourself, like, okay, what centers in the league, not even just like a specific name, but like a, a brand of center that you would feel comfortable of Dwight Garden at this point? Because now we've seen different styles of big men score pretty effectively against Dwight. And yeah, so like what, Clint Capella? Yeah, here's, here's the big man coming up that the Mavericks will play. The next game, by the way, is New York. I think that one's at home, so it's not the big one. Yeah, and I think Mitchell Robinson got hurt, so he might. Yeah, not he was play in he was game. out, but but Julius Randle is going to be the guy that he'll probably have to guard. Ooh, always what about ki- Taj Gibson always kills the Mavericks. Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis will probably play a little bit more. Then Memphis with Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm. So that no, those are two different guys that he probably won't be able to guard. Then Boston who play like <laughs> Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know weird kind of four situation and then their center situation is a mess the knicks again that's the home that's the knicks at at msg the big one and then toronto with siakam and gasol and then the spurs with marcus aldridge and then the warriors with mvp eric paschal right now uh he's just gonna get i mean dwight should be good in that game (laughs) that's what we thought (laughs) about the blazers Yeah, I'm, it's just, yeah, I feel like I'm just every single on one of these games, you can name somebody that he's going to struggle with. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Maxi. it's kind of what we're talking about. I mean, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I think Maxi is the better defender, but uh, Dwight gives you that rim-rolling presence. And there were plenty of times tonight, yeah, it's where him above the rim gives them a different look on offense that kind of opens up the sh- shooters around the arc. Like, I mean, it, it does. So it's kind of give and take on that, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm curious on that moving forward of what that looks like. Yeah, and I think it just looks more like Dwight playing. <laughs> I don't think it's going to change. I think we're going to be frustrated, but he has to give you enough on the offensive end. When JJ was in, he was giving you something. Um, him and Luca have been on and off with how they've connected. This game was also hard for rim rollers because they have a bunch of guys checking in the lane and you know all the arms everywhere. It was just hard for them to figure out. And I, I do want to add, option. I think that that played a factor in Jalen and Seth not getting a ton more minutes. I know that JJ's just a, a different, but Seth and Brunson sometimes have played together. Sometimes they play on, you know, they play more off the ball than JJ was. And it's kind of harder for these smaller guys whenever you have the length that Orlando has. I'm not saying it's fully because of that, but. I haven't even, yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, it's a that's a that's a decent reason for them, and they did struggle. I mean, I think Jalen Brunson when he came in just didn't look the same. Didn't look. I think like, Brunson. I need to look at Brunson's uh, 
numbers for sure, but I don't think his shooting numbers are that great so far this year. Yeah, I know he's 0 for 4 tonight. All right, coming up, let's break in the rest of this game. We haven't even talked about Luca. He had 27-7-7. We have to talk about him. Maybe a little more about Porzingis, Dorian, a lot of other things to talk about in this game coming up. All right, Isaac, Luka Doncic, a very quiet 27-7-7. Didn't get the third triple-double in a row, but still scored well down the stretch. Um, He had six turnovers in this game. Yeah. And that's not great, but... Uh, a lot of guys were throwing turnovers in this game. I think he really cleaned. I think he had four in the first half, and so I think he really turned. He cleaned it up in the second. Yeah, well, I mean, Luca. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I didn't think he started off the game um, that good. He had some, um, yeah, rough turnovers. I know he got in the air at one point in the paint, tried to wrap around a pass out to the three point line. They it just went right to a magic guy. It, it seemed like he was forcing stuff a little bit. The shot wasn't going down couple really bad missed threes um, on some of the step backs. Hey, get them in the bonus and drive. But, <laughs> I mean, what – I was really curious on how Luca was going to kind of answer in this game because it's these type of games that the stars look at and say, nothing is working, okay? And I was curious on if he was going to look at it and say, I'm the star, I got to take over. And I, and I was curious if he was going to force stuff more. And just try to, hey, put the ball in his hands and say, nothing's working for the team. The flow's off. I got to just take this thing over. And it looks like he's forcing it some and whatever. And it was just another small example of it just blew me away of he's 20 years old. In a way, he kind of took it over in different little spots. But it didn't seem forceful at the same time either, if that made sense. And there was a little um, a little run by him. I think it was the end of the third I think it was the end of the third where he went on a little run. He he just he just kind of put them on his back, but it wasn't a forcing type of way. And that's another little small thing of what stars do. And I mean, it literally was one of the quietest twenty-seven point games that I've seen in in a bit. Yeah, he went on a little run and he was passing too. He had an out the alley oop to Maxi, that huge one down the yeah. lane. He had another alley or he had another uh, kick to to Hardaway Junior. In that in that run as well, he can he can just he can carve you up in a bunch of different ways. He can do it with his passing or with his scoring. His floater game seemed to be working pretty well tonight. He had, he hit a lot of those in the lane. Um, he, he didn't shoot well from three though. He shot one of seven from from three. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't falling. Those start falling all of a sudden. That, that could have been a forty point night for Luca. Six for seven from the free throw line. That's eighty five percent on the night. Don't look now. But right now he's shooting. Going into the game tonight, he's shooting eighty percent from the free throw line. Hey. This was the, this was the mark that we've been wanting him to hit. Is this 80 percent uh, mark? I think they showed it. Um, I think they talked about. They might have talked about mid game. I don't know. But right now, I think he's fifth. Uh, I know he's top ten. Top ten in the league in free throw attempts per game. That he's got to stay there, and that just helps his points per game total. It helps him. Um, yeah, that's just what stars do. Yeah, definitely. They, you have to hit those, and that's how you elevate from a 20-point-per-game score to a 26-point-per-game score, which is what he's at right now. What did you think about the end? We have to talk about the very end. Aaron Gordon gets called for two offensive fouls in the row where he kind of throws the shoulder, and the second one he extended the arm against Tim Hardaway Jr., another good defensive play for him. I thought the first one on Dorian, uh, Dorian sold it a little bit, I feel like, but the impact was made. Uh, that one was a little more questionable. The one against Tim Hardaway Jr., the second one, 
I think it was no question. If you run into a guy and you extend the arm, that's that's what they're going to call. And even in the Lakers game, they were calling that. We were really frustrated that they were inconsistent with it. But if you run into a guy and extend the arm as the offensive player when you're driving, I think they're going to try to call that every time. Okay, the first drive and in which they called the offensive foul. One, I thought the first drive was going to foul Aaron Gordon out. I thought he got a foul before that that was his fifth foul. And when he had the first drive and push off on Dorian, I thought that was a six. And then he stayed in the game. Like, how is he going to get another foul? <laughs> uh, but anyway, his drive in the paint on Dorian, the first one called at the end of the game, that's the move that LeBron does all the time. He does that every time he drives for the most part. And, and he has he has the athletic profile of LeBron too, so it, it checks out that you would do yeah, that. So, As a big guy like that, you would try to run into dudes like that. I mean, literally the other night when LeBron uh, stole, I think it was off a steal at home you know, against the Mavericks, and he went down the court. I mean, he was literally pushing off Dorian for like from the free throw from the three oh, point line huge all the way dunk? to the basket. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, all right. So anyway. In a way, I when the court's wide bad. open like that, I think they let him play a little bit more than when it's half court. <laughs> well, I felt bad a little bit for Aaron Gordon because I'm like, dang, bro, you're just not a star enough yet to uh, get away with that because LeBron, some of these other guys get that. And and I think Luca gets away with some of those too. Oh, uh, Luca had an embarrassing flop tonight. Oh no! That was <laughs> yeah, bad, we guys. forgot. To, yeah, we I'm forgot. Sorry. This is where everyone was tweeting Luca is hurt. Luca, I don't think Luca was hurt. He came back out with the sleeve. Casey Smith, hey, like, sleeve, sleeve Luca is real. Put a sleeve on him, uh, but yeah, he ran into I, Jonathan Isaac's butt, and then he flopped, and he was laying on the ground. I think he landed on his elbow weird when he flopped, and then he was slow to get up. And in the replay, you could just tell that <laughs> just totally. You ever watched watch stuff and you you watch something and it's your team or one of your favorite players, and you're like, man, I hope nobody else sees that. But you know, there's like. <laughs> a ton of people watching. Well, it's like and all those cringe subreddits on, on Reddit where it's just like cringe pictures, cringe texts, cringe, like <laughs> everything. Yes. That's what it was. I'm cringe like, your own team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Aaron Gordon came back down and got the second offensive, you know, push off. And, but what's crazy is those two, those after those two plays, they still had a shot to win it because obviously yeah. Seth Curry gets thrown in there. He hasn't, pl- I mean, literally he played, what four minutes before that? Five minutes before that, I guess he played. And, he played six minutes, forty-two seconds in total. And I don't think that second time. I don't think he played for that that much more. I think he played for those six minutes, sat okay. for two real-time hours <laughs> on, yeah. on the bench. Maybe got up to celebrate a couple times, and then he gets thrown back out there to hit some. You think he got a hot dog at halftime? I hope not, because that did not work well for the last player to try that. So. But, yeah, so Seth gets thrown out there. He misses both free throws, which is completely uncharacteristic from him. Yeah. I text Nick and say incoming tweets about, hey, maybe Seth shouldn't have sat on the bench so long, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I feel uh, like an idiot in the middle of a tweet writing about that. I was literally <laughs> in the middle of a tweet about it, and I stopped writing it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, and then uh, Orlando had a shot to win it, and I'm like, how – Please no. Like these are the games we need to win. And but there was another time I'm like, this is so ugly to where if they lose it, I'm like, hey, I get it. Like they have sucked this game for the most part. Yeah, I get and, it, universe. <laughs> this is my lot in life. I think some of the um I didn't mind the play that they ran, actually. I thought even though they only needed uh, you know two or one point to tie and two, you know, two to win, 
I thought they got a pretty dang good look look with Vooch. And I know that, uh, what, Dorian was closing out? Or no, Dwight was closing out. I thought Dwight was going to get called for that foul, you know, going under the shooter because, oh, man, he was right in his face. Like, his armpit is in his face by the time he lands. Because Dor- Dorian got shook pretty good by Augustine. Uh, Augustine faked going taking the pick. Uh, chose oh, not to take the pick. DJ Augustine doing something really good against the Mavericks? Oh, wherever I heard no that, way. Wherever I, heard I almost before. tweeted out a video of him missing that first three. And like, breaking news. DJ Augustine misses against <laughs> the Mavericks. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Vooch obviously missed a three. They win the game. I got scared as soon as Vooch shot it. Because I'm like, that's a good I shot. It, top I thought of the it was going to go in. Yeah, and... Uh, and yeah, he misses it. Dallas moves to five and two at this moment. Uh, the Clipper, you said the Clippers were losing against the Bucks. They're but tied right now in the late in the third quarter. Let's go. Um, no, we so yeah, we want the Bucks to win. Well, yeah, like let's go that they're tied and, um, but yeah, I mean the Lakers right now are six and one uh, top of the West. Uh, they should be five and two because uh, they shouldn't have won that game the other night. But <laughs> what a time to be me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Suns, they're all 5-2 and two right now with Suns. Dallas Mavericks. Suns, and Mavericks. <laughs> Ricky good. Rubio would actually be pretty good for the Magic, let's just be honest. Like, He'd be an I upgrade think he, for sure. I think he would be decent for them. Why Orlando had Markel Fultz in, in those last few minutes, I have no clue. He shot like a big-time three in like, with like two minutes to go, and I'm like, honestly, I, I, I think I included that in my tweet about J.J. Barea. I was like, J.J. Barea coming in. You know, eleven points, three assists. You know, three of three from three. Taking a, he took a charge, and then he also allowed Fultz to shoot threes. I think that should be part of the, what we praise yes. him for because letting Markel Fultz shoot threes is a positive for the opposing team. And who out there has been praising this Markel Fultz shot? Because I feel like I've seen people like, oh yeah, Markel's got the shot. I'm like, oh, it's come what? a long no. way. Okay, Oof. it's I don't come a long. Do you remember I don't know the, what kind of analogy that this could be right now? This is uh, if you have a, an old beat up car and you you like fix it up so that it like okay I had an old I had an old car that I traded in for a new one. We fixed like the engine something was wrong with the engine. We fixed it and it was running. I could drive it, but the windows did not work. You could not open the passenger side back door. You uh, it, the air conditioning was spotty. The radio was broken. Just like there's so many other things wrong with it, but it runs now. Like it okay. runs. It didn't run before, and now it can run. Okay, that's true. It just, I don't, his shot just still looks jacked. Like yeah, it's, it's not great. It's, it's not what you bad. want. Um, you can work anyway. with it. You can get to work. <laughs> For now. Um, you can get to work and come home with the groceries, right? <laughs> Mavericks five and two, Let's go. Um, tied for second in the Western Conference. You got the Knicks coming up on Friday. You got the Grizzlies right after that. You don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but you Knicks, hope by the way, one and seven look awful. Just look absolutely as as bad as I thought they'd be. Yeah, and I, I mean, a lot's going to be made about Porzingis playing against these guys, even though it's at home uh, in Dallas and all that stuff. And our boy Dennis tweeted out thanks to everybody, and he hopes to get back with the team. I don't know if he was in action. Man, I hope he's in Dallas tonight. On but there's a chance that he could be back. That would yeah, be he awesome. Didn't, he didn't play tonight or last night, but there's a chance, I guess, that he could be back because he tweeted that he looks like he's coming back to the team. Well, hopefully, Dennis is back by Friday. And yeah, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but I mean, two teams at lower in the standings. If they pull off those two, you know, wins right there, it's a take care of business games. 
yeah, take care of business games. Good teams go in and win these games, and it's a back to back. What happens with Porzingis? Does he play in both of these games? Yeah, first one. Do they do they pick out? Do they pick one for him to play in? And uh, we'll see what happens with that. But Mavericks are a good basketball team, and going back to what Harp said. Good teams find different ways to win <laughs> basketball games, and this was very ugly, and uh, they pulled away with a win. Going back to the other thing Derek Harper said, Deshaun Jackson, 2011, made a big difference for that team. <laughs> also, go check out my video about Montrez Harrell. They're, they're playing right now. He is just a, an insane, unexplainable player, but I tried my best to explain it in my free Dawkins video. Click the link in the description. Isaac Montrezl Harrell's a center that is 6'7", and he's leading the league in field goal percentage. That's pretty incredible. He makes no sense, so go watch my video about that. And Can't uh, Dwight Powell guard him? <laughs> and we're getting writing from you, right? We're getting a column from you soon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a piece to come out. Every, it's going to come out every week, but every Tuesday, pretty much. I'm just going to highlight different things that has happened over the past week on social media, random stat stuff. Um, it's Should just we crowdsource a, a name for this column? Did we? No, should we? No, I think it's it's set at this okay, point. It's set, gonna be top. Mind. It's gonna be top ten Tuesdays, Ooh. and I'll have ten, 10 different things over the past week. Blah blah blah. You should have called and, it ten things I hate about you, <laughs> starring Matthew McConaughey. And then uh, it's about I'm, LeBron yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> ten LeBron plays. Uh, but You're then, still on side. Yeah, I have that is very true. I'd make it a slideshow. <laughs> and I have a uh, I have a feature coming out pretty soon on a Mavs player that I'm pretty excited hey. about too. But. There you go, guys. We'll be back with a preview and then the post game on Friday. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.